I'll begin in verse uh, 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. <clears throat> to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other, other two. Uh, but he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. For thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy uh, of, of thy Lord. <clears throat> Go down to verse 24. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that thine is. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For under every one that hath, hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. I thank you that you are in control of everything. You're watching over us. And you're here with us today. You promise where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So your spirit is here in some special way as we depend upon and uh, as we believe and count upon God. Thank you. Uh, I need the filling of your spirit uh, just to preach and teach from your word this morning and I pray that you would please help me and direct me and guide me I pray that you'd fill my dear wife with your spirit relaying the message in sign 
and, uh, and, and bless the message going forth there. Uh, be with uh, those in the nursery. Uh, Sister Pat watching the children. Father, fill her with your spirit and bless her there. I thank you for the uh, services that I've already had with the adult Sunday school, the children's Sunday school. Father, your word going forth. We, we need it. We need it in our hearts. And so I pray that you would do the work in every heart. I thank you for each one here. I thank you for those that, uh, that can't be here, uh, perhaps uh, because of sickness or uh, being exposed to some of the things that are about. And, and Father, uh, we're thankful that, uh, that folks can be with us online. We're thankful for each one that's with us online today. And I pray that you'd speak to every heart there as well. Lord, might, uh, might you be lifted up and glorified. I pray always from this place that as your word goes forth, uh, sinners would be saved. That is, people who don't know for sure they're going to be in heaven would know how to have their sins forgiven and know how they can know for sure how they have a home in heaven. And for all who have received that gift already, for it is a gift, uh, you've called everyone to be a disciple and, and, and to keep your commandments not to get to heaven. You did that for us. But to show us, to show you that, that we love you. You said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I pray to help us to be true disciples because of the gift of the ter- eternal life that you give to all who will believe. Father, we pray. Uh, and we pray for our, our, our country now and the struggles that we're going through. Please help us. We pray for those in this area, Father, that are suffering from the fires and such especially. We have had loss, and we lift them up before you, Father. Might the saved find courage and strength in you, and might they be a blessing to those that are around them. Might those that are not saved yet uh, receive a gospel track, hear the gospel from from a believer, hear it on the radio, but somehow recognize their mortality and their need to Uh, know that they would have a home in heaven through forgiveness in Christ Father, before they would leave this place. Father, these things we do ask uh, for, for our good and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So Jesus uh, gives a parable here of those serving him will use it to uh, uh, teach of uh, how we can serve him and, uh, uh, and be the servants that God has called us to be. Uh, we, uh, we hear that phrase uh, uh, in here, uh, well done, he says there in, uh, <clears throat> get back there to it. <clears throat> His Lord, his Lord said unto him, verse 23, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what believers want to hear. We want to hear, Well done, uh, thou good and faithful servant. Very fitting that we would sing about God's faithfulness to us. And then he calls us uh, to, to be faithful to him. So we're going to learn some things about being a servant uh, that could be um, commended. Uh, the, the commendation of Christ is the title of the message this morning. A servant that could, could be commended of Christ when we meet him. Now we understand that we are children of God, Galatians says, through faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, Jesus told the unbelieving Pharisees who wanted to kill him, Year of your father the devil, the lust of your father ye will do. So we are not born as children of God by nature. 
That's why Jesus said you must be born again. We have to have a physical birth. That happens when you're born. If you're here, you had one, amen, <laughs> and you have a physical birth. Uh, but, uh, uh, but we need also a spiritual birth. Just as you only be born physically once, you can only be born spiritually once. And that spiritual birth happens at that moment that you are helpless and hopeless to save yourself by any amount of good works. The Bible says in Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So if anybody ever told you that you could get to heaven by being a good enough person, you tell them the Bible says differently. It's a gift. No amount of good works can get you there, but God will forgive us all for our sin. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified, how? Freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, anybody that wants to get to heaven can. Freely. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. It costs Jesus Christ everything. Uh, he bought that gift for you and for me and anyone who will believe in him as the perfect son of God died for our sins, risen again. Believe that was enough to pay for my sins. You can call upon him and you'll become a child of God the moment you trust him in that way. And, uh, and after that, Jesus says to his disciples, if you love me, keep my commandments. So we want to get that straight uh, regarding salvation, regarding being a child of God that comes through faith in Christ. And then once a child of God, we are to follow him and serve him. And so we're looking at that uh, this morning. We want to be uh, as children of God. We want to be uh, serve him with, with the right heart. Uh, we want to hear that, that, that commendation, uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. First of all, we see that the heart of Christ's servant must be faithful. The heart of Christ's servant must be faithful. The Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good uh, and faithful uh, servant. Uh, we want to be, uh, you can't earn heaven, but there are rewards in heaven, the Bible teaches. That's another message. And you can uh, be rewarded for living a good life here because you love Jesus. Uh, there will be rewards for that. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today. Well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, a couple points under this. Christ's servant must have a, a discerning heart. Christ's servant must have a, a discerning heart. He says, well done, thou what? Good. <laughs> good. You know, good and faithful servant. We need to discern good from evil, don't we? We are living in a day when the world is calling good evil and evil good. And by the way, Jesus said these days would come. And, uh, and if we're going to uh, please the Lord, we need to be uh, in our Bible, and we need to be those who are learning to discern what? Good from evil. Good from evil. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14, which I've put up there, uh, uh, strong meat, uh, learning the, the, the doctrines of God's word, strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Has to do with spiritual growth there, uh, not necessarily years, full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. How do I discern good and evil? From the word of God. Uh, from the word of God. Whatsoever is not of faith is what? Sin. Sin is the transgression of the law. 
when God says do it and we don't that's evil when God says do it and we do that's good amen when God says don't do this and we do it that is, that's evil uh, when God says do this and we don't that's evil uh, and so uh, God's word will show us and direct us to good and evil Second uh, Timothy 2.15 study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needed not to be ashamed what? rightly dividing the word of truth discerning the word of God knowing how it is we need to apply it to our hearts and to our lives uh, uh, why are we here today? Because the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together in Hebrews chapter 10. Amen. We have discerned it's a good thing together here. And God has told us to do that. And that's why, that's why we are here today gathering. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Right? So we know this is a good thing uh, that, we, that, we, that we gather. Uh, he uh, Condemned the unbelieving scribes and Pharisees, actually the religious rulers of his time. Uh, he, he told them, he said, Ye do err not knowing the scriptures. Here he had come, and they are spearheading the plot to kill their own Messiah. <laughs> Why? Because they didn't know the scriptures, uh, they weren't yielding to the scriptures. And uh, so, they, so they were blinded in, in, in that sense. Uh, he says, you, you greatly err when you don't learn the scriptures. By learning the scriptures, we can build a strong life. We can choose right uh, and, uh, and not wrong. Just a few chapters back in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, we read about uh, the word of the Lord and how we can have strong lives through that. Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So if we follow God's word, build our lives upon God's word, you'll have a strong life on a firm foundation. Uh, if we don't, uh, you're, you're going to make a wreck of your life. Uh, follow, not following God's word will ultimately result in hell for the, for the worst circumstance. Uh, uh, for the Christian who's been born again, uh, once you're saved, you can't be unsaved. Once you're born again, you can't be unborn. Uh, for the Christian who's born again, uh, their home is heaven because of what Jesus did. But if they don't follow his commandments, they can have a destroyed, miserable life here. And, uh, and God doesn't want that uh, for his children either. Uh, making right, right choices in life. Uh, who are you going to marry? You know, what, what job are you going to work? Where are you going to live? 
Uh, many times people leave a church, you know, to, to go uh, take another job in, a, in another place, and there's no good church there where they're at. And so they end up starving for the, the fellowship and the preaching of the word of God. And, and it winds up, they find out that the money is not as fulfilling as, as they thought it would be uh, because they've made a wrong choice. And we have to be, we need God's wisdom making these right choices. Uh, I play a game sometimes when the kids are in the car. Uh, we had the grandkids in the car. I used to do it with my kids when they were little. I would, used to, uh, I would be driving along and say, okay, you're, you're, you, direct, you direct the way home now. And uh, we'd be going on the interstate, and say, so we turn here, turn here, uh, yeah. So I'd just get off, start to get over the lane. Uh, you sure? Uh, no, of course I'm watching. <laughs> and uh, so, so sometimes I'd get over and get back over, you know, depending on the traffic. And I, I kind of let them direct the way. I did that with the grandkids on the way home from uh, uh, from uh, church uh, when the last time they were here. Let let let, let them uh, direct the way. Turn here, turn here. And uh, and uh, they, uh, I actually took one wrong turn that they had made that they had that they had chosen because I knew it went around around and came back. But, but then they realized, like, oh no, that was wrong, you know. And uh, so, uh, but uh, as I was considering that for this morning, if I just count the traffic lights between uh, our house and the church, uh, just 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 counting the traffic lights, uh, there's about uh, tw- there's about. Uh, 20 some wrong decisions you could make coming to those lights uh, and there's only six uh, that are right that gets to our house and you know that's the way life is there's a whole lot of wrong decisions you and I can make but you know what those decisions that make that will make our lives strong are, are is the word of God the principles and the precepts of the word of God if we'll follow this, we'll be making the right choice. And uh, why? Because God knows the future. And, uh, and, and, and he's in, he is all powerful. He is in control. Uh, a discerning heart, knowing good and evil. What else do we see? B, got to have a devoted heart. Christ's servant must have a devoted heart. Uh, he said what? Well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Doing things, not only doing good, uh, but doing what? Doing good well. Uh, anything that's worth doing, uh, that's good to do, is good to do well. And so that, that, the idea of the heart is it. Not only had they done the right thing, they did the right thing in the right way, didn't they? And uh, God wants us, he's, he's interested most of all in what? Our hearts. God is not interested most of all in that you're in church here this morning. That's not what impresses him. What God is looking at is why you're in church here this morning. Why did you come? That's what's valuable to God. See, some people just go out of habit. You know, another thing to check off my Christian to-do list. God's not impressed that you're here if, if that would be someone's attitude. But the person that's here, why? There is one motive, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 teaches us, there is only one motive that brings reward in heaven. That's a motive that is a love for Christ and a love for others. It's a love for God. If that, if that motivates us to be here this morning, because God said we, to be here, we love God, we believe Him, we're here, hey, God's pleased with that. Uh, we do good, good deeds to our neighbors because we love God, we love others, God's pleased with that. We do those things to try and be, you know, be holier than thou, or for people to be impressed with us, guess what? Guess who sees that? 
God does, doesn't he? He's not impressed, by the way. And, uh, and so uh, we, need, we, can, uh, do, we can do things well with a right attitude. Uh, Deuteronomy 10, 12. And now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. You see, uh, God wants all of our hearts. He wants all of our hearts. Jesus in Mark 12, 30. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. He said, this is the first commandment, and the second commandment is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On this you can hang all the commandments uh, and the prophets. Uh, this, this love that God wants to, that he has shown for us, and he wants to flow through us. Uh, a devoted heart. Uh, uh, doing things well, doing things from the heart. In Malachi uh, uh, chapter 1 and following in the, in the, in the book of Malachi, uh, the Israelite nation had been delivered from their captivity and they'd gone back to Jerusalem and, and built, a, built a temple and the walls and began rebuilding the city and such. And, and uh, uh, a lot of that was going on. And, and the wickedness uh, 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 of the nations and such around them again be, began to infiltrate them. And they began to lose their zeal for God. And they began to uh, offer sacrifices that weren't perfect. In the Old Testament, uh, God always required a sacrifice that was without blemish. You'll find that time and time again. What did, what did they begin to do? Malachi 1.8 If he offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? If he offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer now to thy, unto thy governs, and, and will he be pleased with thee? Or accept thy person, saith Lord of hosts. What were they given? God the leftovers, you know. Given God the leftovers, and God wasn't impressed with it. Time had wore them down. They became weary serving God. You know, time is not the friend of righteousness. <laughs> uh, time is not the, uh, the friend uh, 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 of spirituality. Without trusting God, without God's strength, time will wear you down. Time will wear me down. Why? Because we live in a wicked world. We see all the, the advertisements, all the media that's out there. There's so much wickedness out there. And by the way, it's flowing constantly in it, isn't it? All the time. And without that, without the uh, power of God's Spirit, without being uh, absorbed in God's Word, soaking in God's Word, those things will take us away. And we won't have that devoted heart. We'll lose that zeal. Uh, and we have to, have to recognize that. He wants a devoted heart. Uh, well done. A disciple of Christ is also, <clears throat> who would be commended with Christ, is also needs to have, see, a decided heart. A decided heart. Notice he said, well done. He didn't say, well started. <laughs> well started. No, he said, well done. Well done. Uh, thou good and faithful servant. You see, that servant was faithful. When Christ came back, he found him so or her so doing. They were involved, as, as I mentioned. Through time, what? Many dropped by the wayside. Oh, I used to go to church. I used to read my Bible. You know, I used to teach Sunday school class. I, I used to pass out tracts. I used to go soul winning. 
And through time, we now understand there's health issues that are involved there. And you can't always do the things uh, as you get older that you could when you're young. I understand that. But we are to be our own judges, amen, and uh, lest Christ uh, uh, judges us as believers. As believers, again, our judgment uh, as far as eternity is already taken care of. That's taken care of in Christ. But yet we can be judged or disciplined upon this earth by God uh, for, the life, by the, in, by the, in, for the lives that we live. And so we are to be our own judges in that and, uh, and to realize we want to finish and be faithful to God. Ecclesiastes 7.8 Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. The patient in spirit better than the proud in spirit. You know, we've all heard finish well. You know, you can make a lot of mistakes. The Bible says charity covers the multitude of sins. And finish well. And then be remembered well. But you know, if we mess up in the end, a lot of times that, that's hard to dismiss. It's hard for people to forget. And, uh, and so God wants us, what? To be faithful. Uh, to be faithful. To be found faithful when he's coming, when he comes. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 14, 28, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have what? Sufficient to, two words, finish it. Sufficient to finish it. See, God wants us to finish for his glory. I was talking with the children in Sunday school this morning. Uh, there are two ways a Christian can go to heaven uh, as, as far as the transport. And what are they? We die physically. When the Christian dies physically, Paul says, absent from the, the, from the body is what? Present with the Lord. So we, we can go to heaven through death. And then we can go to heaven, and we, which we're hoping for, the rapture. Jesus Christ would return. Then they, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So if, if Christ returns before we die, we get a changed body immediately. The dead uh, saved, the dead believers come up out of the grave, they get a new body, they come up first, then the, then the living Christians go up, they get a new body, and we go to be with the Lord. And, uh, and that's, that, by the way, that's your finishing point, Christian. <laughs> That's when your chance to live for God on this earth and my chance to live for God and be a witness is over. And we want to be what? Found doing well. If we're found doing well, then, then we're going to finish well. Uh, we're, going to, we're, we're, going to, we're, we're going to finish well. Uh, to being a Christian is a, is, a, is, a, is a call to a lifelong commitment to the transformation of the believer by the word of God and the power of his spirit. Uh, we sang in the... Sunday school class this morning. He's still working on me. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. And by the way, he'll be working on me and you until he returns or, or until you or I die, one or the other. And uh, because we're not like Jesus yet in our spirit, in our heart. We're not uh, as holy as he. We're not as righteous as he. Uh, nor really will we ever will be in, uh, in, in the greatest of sense. But we can be more and more like him. And, uh, and, and we are to be uh, 
being changed in our heart, being transformed, uh, as the scripture says in Romans chapter 12, uh, by the renewing of our minds as we read this word, uh, growing and uh, becoming stronger. Uh, Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1 uh, and, uh, and verse 7, he said, he said, Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. What's he talking about there? He says, For if you do these things, you shall never fall. So he's talking about a believer's walk in this life. Make your calling and election sure. What's he talking about? Every believer is called to holiness. Every believer is called to love others. Every believer is called to serve Christ. If you are a believer, that's what you are called to. And God is saying, be strong in your calling. If you trusted my son as your savior, I now, because you've trusted my son, I call you to these things. I call you to be more like Jesus. I call you to have a holy life. I call you to love others. I call you to, uh, to uh, pray for those that, 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 you know, that, that persecute you and, and to, lo- to love your enemies. I call you to these things. Be strong in those things. Grow in these things is what, is what Peter is saying there when he says make your calling election sure or sound or strong. Uh, uh, Jude puts it this way. Jude 1 verse 21. We're to be building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, by the way, our faith is holy because of who we put it in. Amen. And because of what we put it in. We put it in the Word of God. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. That's why our faith is holy. You say, well, I believe. I'm going to heaven because I believe. That's not good enough. Well, I have a lot of faith. That's wonderful. The devils have a lot of faith. Did you know if, if most, uh, of most of what calls itself Christianity today had as much faith as the devil, uh, there'd be revival in some, in, in some churches? <laughs> See, the, devil believe, the devils believe that Jesus is the Holy One of God. There are churches that profess to be Christian that don't believe that. The devils believe that, 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 that Jesus uh, uh, is, is, is perfect, that, that, he, that he has uh, power to, uh, 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 to decide where they go. There's some churches that don't believe that, you see. Uh, the devils believe that Jesus Christ will be the one judging them in the end times. The Bible says the Father hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Some churches don't believe that. See, if, if, if church, some churches would just start and believe what the devils believe, which is, by the way, which is some things that the Bible says, they'd begin to have some revival, perhaps. But a, a decided heart, that is, I, we sing that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Here it is. No turning back. No turning back. Then he even goes on to say, Though no one join me, still I will follow. You see, God wants us to follow Him boldly. Uh, doesn't matter how many people join you. You know what? If uh, there, There's been time there was... I think it was one time since we started the church uh, that it was just our family that showed up. 
It was right after our first Easter service. We'd had our high uh, uh, number of people that had come. I forget what it was at that time, 20 or 25. Uh, and, uh, and the Sunday following Easter, it was me and my dear wife and my two kids. <laughs> and, uh, but you know what? That doesn't matter. Amen? Uh, one of the first services we had, we held in a rec hall in, in, uh, in, uh, in we, our, lo- our, lo- our location was in Albany, where we where our meeting was in Albany at that time. And uh, we had just a couple people there besides our family. One, matter of fact, it was one family that lived down the street had come. Uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't think her husband came. I think she was just, it was just her and her kids the first time. And she had made a comment to, to, to my wife. This guy preaches just like there's a crowd here. You know? It doesn't matter for how many there is. You know, I'm, I'm glad Jesus said where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. That means that just two of us, two believers came together. There's a church. Why? Because he said two or three. And by the way, who's in the midst of them? Jesus is. Uh, so there's actually three there. Uh, but thank God that we, we have a decided heart that we want to follow Jesus. Uh, uh, following him. <clears throat> Secondly, the humility. The humility of Christ's servant is forthright. It's very obvious and it's declared. Look at verse 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Did you get that? By the way, he said that to all the servants that he called faithful. He said, You've been faithful over a what? Few things. Well, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound very good, does it? A few things compared to who? Well, obviously a few things compared to Jesus Christ. You see, Revelation 1.5 calls him what? Jesus, who is the faithful witness. You see, we often have learned in here how foolish you are we are if we try to compare ourselves to one another and get some sense of our spirituality in that way. But we are always supposed to be what? Comparing ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I've thought about that often as I think about living for Him and, and what He'll say to me the first time that I see Him. The most, amazing, I mean, the most amazing thing to me about that meeting is I am going to be looking at the very sinless Son of God. I am going to meet the greatest witness there ever was in the whole world. There before us will be the one who became the greatest servant of God that ever lived. The greatest witness, the greatest testimony, the greatest one that deserved the what? Well done. That's who we'll stand before. And when we realize that, we realize, we look at what we've allowed God to do through us and what Jesus, what God the Father did through Jesus. What's the comparison? Thank God he says we've been faithful in a few things, you know. A lot of times we fail. A lot of times we fail. The Lord is that true and faithful witness. Uh, and uh, uh, faithful witness is used only of God and Jesus Christ in a proverb. It's found also in the Bible, but uh, regarding to, personality, to, to persons or beings, it's referred, used only uh, toward God and toward Jesus Christ. Jeremiah uh, uh, says the Lord be a true and faithful witness between us that's the Lord Jehovah all capitals there 
the Lord be a true and faithful witness. And here, and in, uh, in, here in Revelation 1.5, Jesus Christ, who is what? The faithful witness. There he is. Proverbs 14.5, A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. The Bible says, Yea, that God be true, and every man what? A liar. So when it becomes comes, uh, comparing ourselves to God, comparing ourselves to Jesus Christ, every man has lied, so how many faithful witnesses are there? Just one. Just one. But he's so merciful, he works through us, and then and then rewards us for that. And so the humility of Christ's servant is forthright. It's obvious. We don't do good of ourselves. It's God's spirit that works through us. Nobody can live the Christian life, period. There is, I take that back, there is one. And his name is Jesus Christ. And if you trust him to be your savior, invite him into your life, trusting him to forgive you of your sins, he will send his spirit in his heart and then you can yield to his spirit and his spirit will live the Christian life through you. That's the only way. That's the only way. Jesus said, without me you can do how much? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Uh, a faithful witness, Jesus Christ. He said in John 17, 8, I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. That's pretty faithful. The words God gave him, he gave us. By the way, he, he uh, inspired the scriptures and preserved them for us right here. We believe in our King James Bible. <clears throat> Jesus said to them, You seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth. Here's a witness. He told him the truth. And the, the spiritual leaders, the religious leaders want to kill him. Talk to the kids today about all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Why? Because most of the world doesn't believe in God. You see, to get saved, you have to recognize something that's, that's hard to accept. Mankind is basically evil by nature, not good. The Bible says that. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. That's why nobody has ever teach little Johnny or little Susie how to lie. They need no practice. They need no examples. It's in your nature, yours and mine. And sooner or later, without any training, without any influence, we will sin because it's in our nature. God wants to put his nature in us that happens when you trust Jesus Christ as your savior then his nature can overpower your nature and my nature and we want to say and when, then when we want to sin like we all do at times we have a yearning for some sin we can go to God and confess that God deliver me from that thing I don't want that you know many of those wrong turns that we talk about I talked about earlier they don't lead to good places they lead to suffering and heartache and uh, we realize that. And, uh, and we can do right as believers. <clears throat> uh, the humility of Christ's servant is, is forthright. What did Paul say in 1 Corinthians 15.10? He said, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace the Lord, uh, of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which was, His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Who do we know who labored more than the Apostle Paul? Most Christians would say he's probably one of the greatest Christians that ever lived. 
if not the greatest. I labor more abundantly than they always says, yet not I, but I don't take credit for it. But the grace of God which was with me. God's spirit was in him. And you know what? As often as we will let God's spirit take control, he will. <laughs> Isn't that a good thought? As often as, once you become a Christian, as often as you will let God lead your life, he will. He'll give you strength. He'll give you what you need. And we need to trust him for it. We need to have that humility. Uh, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We taught that verse. It's a hard verse for children to know that if you do right, not everybody's going to love you for it. Matter of fact, some people in this world are going to hate you for it. Some people in this world hate me for what I'm preaching right now. You see, it's just the truth of this world. We learned that. What are we supposed to be toward them? Love them. Love them. And that's not easy to do. We do that. It, it's miraculous. It's not natural. We do that by the, by, by the Spirit of God. But I was thinking about persecution. We may be tempted if it, was, if it would we'd come our way to try to avoid it. But you think about Peter in Luke chapter 22. Jesus had told him what? Simon, before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. That evening, Jesus told Peter he'd deny him. I'll never deny thee, he went on to say. He followed him to the palace there. And when, when Peter was asked multiple times, what was he afraid of? He was, they were beating Jesus. He, apparently he could see it. They were uh, railroading Jesus away to prison and then when they hey aren't you one of his disciples what was Peter afraid of I'm next so what did he do I don't know the man then he began to curse and swear I don't know the man see Peter's flesh was saying what if you just get mad and deny Jesus you won't be beaten or possibly killed and that'll be better for you that's what his flesh was saying but you know where he was found right after he said that in Luke twenty-two sixty-two, the Bible says he wasn't outside saying got out of that one what was he doing the Bible says he was out there and he wept bitterly he wept bitterly I'll guarantee you, after Jesus Christ rose again, if Peter could go back and change that, he would. That was a wrong turn that he would make. And he thought he'd be better off once he went by making that wrong turn. But you know what he found out? That wrong turn didn't lead to where he thought he would. It led him to bitter, bitter weeping. A little later on, Peter has revival. He's met the risen Lord. Jesus appeared to them after the resurrection and began to teach them. Peter was confronted again. Quit preaching in the name of Jesus or else. You know what Peter, you know what Peter said? She will be a, she, we obey God rather than man. You be the judge. God told us to preach in the name of Christ. And you know what they did? They kept on preaching. 
and they got beaten for it. Where did you find Peter and the bunch after that? They were outside weeping, you know, because they hurt and because they got beat. No. They were gathered together rejoicing. The Bible says they were rejoicing in Acts chapter 5, verse 41. What Peter's flesh thought would bring joy brought bitter weeping. What Peter's flesh thought would bring pain if you keep teaching in the name of Jesus. But he did. Guess what it brought? Rejoicing. Oh yeah, it brought pain. But it didn't bring sorrow. It brought rejoicing. And I want to tell you, children, as I was telling you this morning, if somebody wants to teach you about being a Christian, about loving Jesus, that's okay. Well, it's not okay, but they're going to do it. We accept that and we love them. If we have to be persecuted for doing right, let's do right anyway. Amen. And let's love the people while, while, while we're doing it. Thirdly and finally, and I'm done. <clears throat> Thirdly and finally, and I'm done. Thirdly, what do we see about God's servant, service, uh, the commendation of Christ? The honor of Christ's servant is fathomless. Is fathomless. If you want to let me coin a word there, fantabulous. <laughs> and uh, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul coined a few words here and there. Fan, it, it's, it's wonderful, great, one of the scripture says in one, in one, one place. Uh, fantabulous. It's fantastic. It, it, it's fathomless. It's fabulous. What did he say to them? Verse 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into what? The joy of thy Lord. Wow. You know what's going to make it all worth, worth it all? Heaven. Heaven. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Amen. It's going to be worth it all. Think about heaven. Think about heaven. Paul wrote in Romans 8, 18 there, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Paul says, I've done some figuring. And with what God's going to give us in heaven, I've decided it's worth suffering for him now. Even if I, even if I have to give my life for his, test, for his glory. And by the way, he did. He did. His head was taken off by Nero. And yet it was worth it all. He said, for our light affliction, 2 Corinthians 4, 17, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. You know, the older we get, the closer our time comes, you know, heaven seems more sweet. You see this body begin to become weak and 
and uh, we have uh, folks that have you know, that can't be here because they'd be susceptible, you know, to some of the things that are going around the the coronavirus and all these things. So so they can't come. And uh, one day we're going to get a body if you're a believer that's not susceptible to those things. Amen. By the way, in heaven those things aren't even around. Praise God. Praise God. I like in Revelation 21:5, behold, I make all things new telling the children today did you know in heaven there's going to be an earth we're going to be floating in the cloud me and pastor bob are going to be floating on a cloud you know play, playing a harp you know harp harp <laughs> it'd be a violin harp no there's a new heaven and a new earth and on the earth there's going to go crops the, the bible says there's going to be farming we're going to have eternal bodies that never get tired by the way, if it's like Jesus' body, I'd be able to walk right through this pulpit and eat a peanut butter sandwich on the other side, you know? And uh, a body that you can touch and feel, but yet don't have to open doors. That's pretty amazing. You see? That's heaven. That's what's coming. That's what's coming. Uh, Psalm 1611. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy that's why I said Christ the honor of Christ's servant is fathomless you say well some seem to serve more on earth than others and shouldn't there be a difference you know shouldn't some get more reward type stuff in heaven than others well maybe they do but here's the thing everyone is full of joy I mean fullness of joy. I mean, you can't have any more joy. Well, I could have more joy. No, no, you can't. Once you get to heaven and you're with the Lord Jesus, your joy cup's full, amen. You're, 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 you are full of joy. You're, you are blessed with fullness of joy. And in thy presence, fullness of joy. And there are pleasures forevermore. You've got it all. You see that? What's to be compared to that? What's to be compared to that? It's fathomless. He won't call us to suffer anything here that He won't give us the strength to go through. Either number one, He'll deliver us from it, or number two, He'll give us the strength to go through it. One or the other. And on the other side, like the three Hebrew children said, our God will deliver us from you, O King. Nebuchadnezzar was threatening to throw them in the fire. And they said, then we'll see if your God can save you now. And they said, that's up to him. He can. But whether he saves us or takes us through it, he's going to deliver us from you, O king. He might save us from that fire. And by the way, he did. Read the book of Daniel. Or he might just let us burn up. If he does, if he does, we'll be in heaven and likely we won't see you there. <laughs> see, God, God is, if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. And, uh, what do we want to do now? We want to take people along with us. We want to heaven. Amen. That's why we share the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Anyone who believes, puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, will be saved. Will be born again. You don't change your life. God changes it for Well, Well, what do I change first? Not going to happen. Only thing that's changed is your heart. I turn in my heart from my sins 
to you. I want to be forgiven and saved. I trust Jesus Christ alone. His death, burial, resurrection. I believe in him. Saved. Done. Finished. That's all it takes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that uh, going on 40 years now, I guess, someone gave me the gospel. I didn't love you. I didn't care about you. The only person I cared about, like most of the world, was myself. Having a good time doing whatever I wanted to do you sent someone to love me and to show me the gospel to show me that I was a sinner and I needed a savior and Lord uh, that day so long ago I, my heart turned to you And I just cried out for your help and forgiveness. And you saved me. I've been trying to be good and see if that I ever felt like I'd come to a place where I was worthy of heaven, never did. Because we can't be that way. Can't be worthy of heaven by our good works. Lord, when I trusted your son, when I rested in Jesus, I felt that load lifted and And by your word, it says that those sins are forgiven the moment we trust you. That you cast them in the deepest sea. That they're not only forgiven by you, they're forgotten by you. And you promise to keep us eternally also in your word. We're kept by the power of God unto salvation. Ready to be revealed the last time your word says. And I thank you for that. Father, there be one watching or listening, Father, who doesn't know for sure that they'd go to heaven I pray they'd do the same thing they've heard what we said about Christ your son they've heard what we said about the gift of eternal life it's the gift of God not of work as any man should boast I pray that as your spirit would convict them that they would just the best way they know how one man prayed Lord be merciful to me a sinner and the Bible says he went down to his house justified it's from the heart you're looking at it's not some polished prayer but God I pray that anyone listening who want to be saved would just do business with you one on one pour out their heart to you asking for that forgiveness that you will give them in Christ if they will trust in your blessed and holy son who's died and risen again pray they do it right now in their own words and Father for all of us who've done that you, you saved us as you promised Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We did it. We called and you saved. That's the condition of everyone that's been born again. And now help us, God, to live for you. We want to hear well done. We want you to help us to love others more. Help us to love you more. Give us strength to stand in a world that has become less and less tolerant of Christianity and more and more tolerant of everything else. Help us to love people anyway. To love our neighbors anyway. Father, to suffer whatever persecution may come our way. 
and God to continue to be lights for you as best we can for soon we'll die or you'll come and we won't regret uh, having lived for you Father help us in these things help our nation we pray for revival in churches revival in believers for revival in our nation and uh, around, around the world where godly churches are preaching the word so that can happen Father where the truth's being taught Uh, We pray for that. Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.